I'm not going to look up anymore. So if you put your hands up, I'm ignoring it. Um, Luke chapter 10. I wanted to share a few verses here this evening as we think about uh, what it might be like as we host Thanksgiving. Uh, in Luke chapter 10 and verse 38, we'll read these verses in just a moment. We're going to read about Mary and Martha and an occasion where they were able to host the very Son of God in their own home. Now, the weeks between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day have become a frantic, anxiety-filled dash through the holidays. It all happens so fast that we almost hardly remember what has happened once we get to January 2nd and on. I don't want to alarm you, but do you realize how much we have to do in the next few days and weeks to come? Uh, you have to clean the house, you have to mix the stuffing, you have to cook the turkey, uh, then eat everything in sight, at which point some will proceed to pass out in front of the TV watching a football game. And then after we wake up from that tryptophan-induced coma, some find it necessary to spend several hours sitting in traffic and fighting the crowds at the mall because Christmas season has now officially begun after you finish Thanksgiving dinner. That means Christmas shopping can officially begin, where you're sitting in traffic, where you're driving around parking lots, endlessly searching for a, for a spot. You're fighting lines of people. You're trying to find the perfect gift for all of your friends and all of your loved ones. And then we have to pull all the decorations out of the attic. You have to untangle the ball of Christmas lights and wonder how half of them are burned out while they've done nothing but just sit around in a box all year. We also have to buy the gifts for our family. We attend different Christmas parties. We bake cookies for our friends and neighbors and send out Christmas cards to all sorts of friends and family. This is the season of abundance, the season of a lot, where there is a lot of activity, there is a lot of family, a lot of shopping, a lot of food, a lot of expectations, a lot of pressure and a lot of stress as well. On top of it, we feel the relentless pressure to do it all with the patient generosity of Mother Teresa and the social perfection of Martha Stewart. And it all begins this Thursday. But while there is still time before we get swept up into the fury of the holidays, we need to take some steps to ensure we get through the season with our sanity intact. To do that, we're going to learn a few examples from a couple women, Mary and Martha. Mary and Martha were sisters to Lazarus. This family was particularly close to Jesus, so much so that when we read about Lazarus' death in John chapter 11, we read that it caused Jesus to weep. Jesus had a very small group of individuals that he was very close to, and this family, two sisters and a brother, were part of that very close inner circle. Our passage this evening in Luke chapter 10 seems to give us the details of one of their first encounters, which would be the launching point into a very beautiful relationship. Notice what the Bible says in Luke chapter 10 and verses 38 to 42. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part, 
which shall not be taken away from her. We all may not be celebrating Thanksgiving on the same day or at the same time, but we all have some way that we're going to be celebrating Thanksgiving. Some of us may be going to someone else's house. Some of us may be going out to a restaurant. Others may be hosting. And there are probably pros and cons to each. Going to someone else's house for Thanksgiving means that you don't have to deal with the stress of, uh, of having to, uh, having to uh, cook and decorate and clean and set the table and so on. But sometimes you have a considerable drive ahead of you. And you're always nervous about how the food is going to come out when you're not the one doing the cooking. Is it going to be as good as what you would have done? I don't think anyone can be as good as what we've done. Are they going to do the stuffing right? Is the turkey going to be dry? That is a big no-no. Do they know that dessert is just as important as the main course? There are all sorts of unknowns when Thanksgiving is being celebrated at someone else's house, but it can be nice not having to deal with all the cleanup and all the hassle of having to make your home look presentable. When you're hosting, there's pressure as well, especially if you're having people over who aren't your family and they have never seen your home before. You can't leave it messy like you would if your family showed up. You need to be tidy. You need to have everything cleaned up and looking the best. You want, really want to impress them. Have I let the turkey thaw long enough is a question that you might ask. Is the turkey big enough to feed all the people that we're going to have over? Are there enough dishes and side dishes to, to feed everyone? Is there going to be green bean casserole? There has to be in my house or else it's not Thanksgiving. Do we use the fancy dishes for these people? Are they worthy of the fancy dishes? That's a big question. How many pies should there be? Is there enough ch chairs around the table to fit everyone? It can be stressful trying to get everything in order to host Thanksgiving, even if you're only entertaining immediate family. Now, our passage this evening isn't a celebration of any sort of holiday, but imagine the pressure of hosting the Son of God for dinner. Jesus calls you up and says, I'm coming over for dinner tonight. What pressure what pressure is there on you? Now you really have to clean like you've never cleaned before. You're going to clean things that you've never thought to clean in your lifetime, let alone when your mother-in-law's coming over. This is the Son of God that's coming over. What pressure? What do you think it would be like to have Jesus over for dinner? We would want weeks' notice ahead of time. And then, even then, we'd feel that all the preparations that we could do, even if we put off work and did nothing but clean and prepare, none of it would we think was adequate. And this passage describes the very unique encounter where Martha had the chance to host the Son of God in her own home. She had a unique opportunity to create a very special memory that she could have cherished in her heart for days and months and years to come. This should have been a very happy moment, but in the end, it became a day of worry and anxiety and stress. This is something that we can certainly identify with. What should be a fun time of gathering together in our homes with family and loved ones can usually become a day that is filled with so much anxiety and stress. This is the season where we, like Martha perhaps, have the opportunity to create a warm memory. But if we aren't careful, the only thing we will end up with is a migraine. If we aren't careful, the stresses of trying to make Thanksgiving perfect can ruin what should be a joy-filled occasion. We have a day dedicated to celebrate all that we have to be thankful for. And as believers, we have everlasting reasons to be thankful. And if we focus on God and his many blessings that he's given to us, it will indeed be a time where we are truly filled with joy and have 
all sorts of things. But it all starts in how we prepare. If all we're focused on is impressing our guests, you can be sure it is going to be a stressful time. With all the busyness of the season, let's not lose sight that we have blessings from God for which we should always be thankful. If you don't take care of the stress and the anxiety, stress will take care of you. Notice what Jesus tells Martha in verse number 41. Verse 41, Luke 10, 41, says, And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things. There are physical issues that stem from anxiety and stress. I came across an article recently that stated that at the Mayo Clinic, 80 to 85% of its total caseload was the result of anxiety and worry. Another article I read quoted a doctor saying that 70% of all medical patients would cure themselves if they would just stop worrying. According to a 10-year-old study, 112 million Americans take medicine for stress-related symptoms. Stress has been shown to cause high blood pressure, ulcers, headaches, muscle pain, even heart trouble. If we're going to do any physical harm to ourselves this Thanksgiving, and I'm not saying that we should, let it happen because we're overeating and not overreacting. There are also relational issues that are caused from stress and anxiety. Look at what we see in verses 38 to 40. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Martha is annoyed and agitated that her sister Mary is not joining her in the kitchen to prep. Martha, she's in the kitchen. She's slicing, she's dicing, she's cooking, and she's cleaning. She is consumed by doing all the things that a good host needs to do, and she's overwhelmed by all the things that she's doing because she's doing it all alone. She turns to ask Mary a question as she's working away in the kitchen and she realizes Mary's not even there with her. She looks through a doorway out of the kitchen and into the living room and lo and behold, there's Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus when she should be in the kitchen side by side helping her do all the preparations for the meal. And even though she's in a house that is full of people who she loves and who loves her, Martha suddenly feels like she's completely alone. Martha is feeling abandoned and taken advantage of, and this has caused the relationship between her and her sister to be strained. And then she just feels angry. And you can hear it in her words. Notice again in verse, verse number 40. It says, But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Were you aware that stress also affects our vision. It prevents us from seeing anything other than ourselves and our own personal situation. To some degree, we all know what Martha was feeling in that moment because we've all been there, where we were supposed to be working together with someone on some specific task, and all of a sudden we look up and we realize we've been talking to ourselves for the last half hour because they've gotten up and they've gone away to do something else. We know what she's feeling. There have been times where we felt as if we're the only one doing all the work and that no one seemed to even notice what we were doing and the sacrifice we were making. We end up feeling unappreciated. We end up feeling completely alone. 
And it's ironic that we look forward to Thanksgiving and Christmas because they have the power to draw us together. It is a time when we should be reconnecting with those that we know and those that we love. But just like Martha and Mary, stress can strain the best relationships and sour the warmest fellowships. Put yourselves in the shoes of everyone else that was there that day at the home of Mary and Martha. I like to do this. I like to be very vivid with what Scripture tells us to do. And if it's a narrative, I like to put my shoes, put my feet in the shoes of those that were there. So do, with, do that with me for a moment. It says that, um, that Jesus is there. It says, Now it came to pass as they went, and he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And they're all coming, and they're, and they're listening to Jesus. And this is going on as Martha is in the kitchen. So there's probably some of the disciples that are there with Jesus. There's other people that are there. It's not just Mary, Martha, and Jesus. There's other people that are there in the home. So put yourselves in maybe the shoes of the disciples. If they're there listening and sitting around, uh, listening to what Jesus has to say. Martha comes marching in with a mixing bowl in her hand and a hair, her hair is all of a mess because she's been slaving away in the kitchen. And she comes to Jesus and she says, Jesus, you need to tell my sister to get up and to come in the kitchen with me and to give me a hand. I imagine that the room fell silent. Peter probably turned to John and whispered, Awkward. You're going to make a memory this Thanksgiving season. Just make sure it's a good memory. If the responsibilities make us difficult to live with, then there is something wrong with how we're dealing with the stress of the season. There's also a spiritual side to this as well. Look again at verse number 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care? that my sister hath left me to serve alone. Bid her, therefore, that she help me. Lord, dost thou not care, she says. Now, this sounds like a question, but it's really more of an accusation. The stress of the moment has not only driven a wedge between two sisters, Mary and Martha, but it has even caused Martha to question the Lord's care for her. Lord, don't you know what I'm going through right now? Lord, don't you care that I am literally the only one working? No one is helping me. How is this fair? I'm doing this all for you. Don't you care? Now, if we're not careful, we can begin to resent the ones that we love. Some believe that stress is caused when we try to do everything. But the truth is stress occurs when we try to do anything without God. What steps can we take to make sure this Thanksgiving season is as uplifting as it can be? Well, it starts by knowing your limits. Look at what it says in verse 38. It says, Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Did you catch that? Jesus didn't invite himself in. Martha, it says, received him into her house. Jesus didn't ask for a big, elaborate meal. He didn't call Martha ahead of time and say, listen, we're going to be passing through. Could you make sure and then have some elaborate feast ready for us? I don't know if you knew this, but I'm the son of God, and it would be really nice that we could have a big, fancy, maybe Thanksgiving-ish style meal ready for us because we're traveling a great distance and it would be nice to just have all of our entourage taken care of and well-fed. 
So have that ready for us, would you? No. Martha receives him into her house. He didn't ask for a big meal. He just shows up and she welcomes them all into her house. Martha's anxiety is the product of her own choices. We have to know our physical limits. Thanks to another Martha, we feel the pressure to create the perfect holiday experience for all of our families and our guests. And I know you know what I mean, where the turkey is juicy and the cranberry sauce isn't shaped like a can, where everything looks and tastes perfect. We try to live up to unrealistic expectations that we've built up in our own mind about what Thanksgiving dinner should look like. And if it doesn't look that way, then it's the end of the world. So we overextend ourselves and overcommit ourselves and work ourselves far too much than what we should. Now this might come as a surprise, but napkin origami will not guarantee you a magical Thanksgiving dinner. There's nothing wrong with it. Some of you can do really fancy things with the napkin origami, and, but you'll drive yourself crazy if you're trying to make sure that they all look perfect. Next, what starts by knowing your limits. Second, Choose what's better. Choose what's better. Look at what it says in verse 40. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. Martha claims that her sister left her in the kitchen to serve alone. When we read this, we assume that Mary did absolutely nothing to help with the preparation for what was probably a meal. But Martha implies that at some point, Mary was helping her and that she left to go sit at the feet of Jesus. Now I can see Mary in the kitchen. I can see her right next to Martha. They're both working side by side. They're both making sure that everything is going to be prepared properly. And then all of a sudden Mary comes to her senses and she realizes, wait a second, the Son of God is in our living room and I'm in the kitchen? And so, Martha, on the other hand, is still consumed with all the work. Mary, she puts down the potato peeler. She goes out into the living room, and she sits at the feet of Jesus, and she soaks in every bit of teaching that he has. Martha, on, on the other hand, she's consumed with what she had to do, and she seemed to forget who she was doing it for. That is the risk that we run into in our world. The busyness of Thanksgiving, even Christmas, can become so chaotic and frantic that we forget who we really should be celebrating. Mary recognized the significance of the moment, that it was not determined by what was served or by the gifts that may have been given, but by who was there. Jesus has a way of helping us keep things into perspective. It's funny how things that were once so important instantly become irrelevant when Jesus steps into the picture. Suddenly, dinner prep was little significance to Mary. And this is where we see Martha complain in verse number 40. She says, Lord, dost thou not care that my sister hath left me to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus is very quick to offer an explanation and set Martha straight. Listen to what he says in verses 40 and 41 and 42. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. And Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Mary hath chosen that good part, he says. She had a choice to make. Her choice was not between what was bad or good. She had to choose between what was good and what was better. And Mary chose what was better. How do we know the difference? For we have to answer the question, will what we're doing last? 
Jesus says to Martha in verse 42, he says, Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. It's amazing to see how much we'll prepare, how much time and effort we'll put into it, how much we'll do, how much we will spend for the things that won't last. The prep for Thanksgiving dinner can take days, weeks in advance. People are looking for all the sales on all the turkeys, and then we have to let them thaw because they've been sitting in our freezer for a couple weeks. And then once they're thawed, they take several hours to cook, and that's just the turkey. When we add in all the fixings, you could be spending all day in the kitchen prepping food that's all going to be consumed in about 30 minutes. What Martha was doing was essential in the kitchen. It was good for her to be prepping. She was being a good host. But under the circumstances, she should have realized, as Mary did, that what is currently essential was not more essential than sitting at the Savior's feet. Martha was stressing about things that would be forgotten in a couple of days. But Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus, and she was feasting on his words that would stick with her for all eternity. This Thanksgiving, don't let what is essential drown out the eternal. Celebrate with friends, with family, eat a good meal. Take time to prepare that meal, but don't lose sight on what's really important this year. The very reason that we have to be eternally thankful is because of our Savior who loves us and has given himself for us. So let's celebrate our Savior this Thanksgiving. Would you bow with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the reminder of where our minds should be. Lord, how we have been blessed so much by all that you have done and all that you are. I ask, Lord, that you would remind us, that you would help us to focus back on, on where things need to be in our lives. Lord, that we might honor and serve you in all that we do and have a blessed Thanksgiving that is full of eternally lasting memories. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.